Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time for takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? It's time for the latest episode of the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and this episode is brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. We are also presented to you on Blue Wire Podcast by Liquid Death. Uh, check this out, everybody. I've got a fully loaded episode for you today, starting with former offensive tackle and voice on the Raiders radio network, Lincoln Kennedy. He'll be joining the show. And I also did get some interviews. Just the Vegas Nation crew spoke a with Nate Hobbs. We also had Max Crosby and we had a full interview with reporters that joined in with Josh Jacobs as well. So we're going to deliver all of those to you in this episode. First up, I wanted to get into my interview here with Lincoln Kennedy. We spoke all about the latest state of the team after we saw the outpouring of emotion from Derek Carr. Uh, Devontae Adams had words as well for the team, messages that he was sending in his post-game interview. So we started off just talking about what this 2-7 and seven team is like and how Lincoln sees things going down right now as the team prepares to face the Broncos. Here's that interview now. All right, Lincoln. So first of all, we got to start here with what's going on with the Raiders. Two and seven, I think on paper ahead of the season, a lot of people thought this was going to be a different looking team. What do you think has been the disconnect so far with this team that can't punch through these one possession wins, basically, when it comes down to it? Well, you know, they've got exceptional athletes on the team on both sides of the ball. Um, So it's not the fact that they don't have the uh, ability to play with anyone. It's just what, what it kind of breaks down to, Heidi, is the fact that the, the, the coaches don't have the right personnel to implement the schemes they're trying to do. So overall, the reason why they've, they've, they've suffered is because of lack of consistency. And that lack of consistency has come from, you know, incomplete performances throughout the game. So uh, it, it, it kind of breaks down that way. Sometimes they look like gangbusters. Other times they look like uh, uh, dopes out there running around. So it's a combination of both. But and all in all, from what I've assessed so far this season, it's the fact that this uh, th- this coaching staff doesn't have the players that needs to execute its systems. And I think some of that has lately really been the focus has been on the defensive line, not being able to get pressure. You're not seeing what you want out of a contract player like Chandler Jones that's been paid over $50 million. What has been your thought on this team of what's kind of failing them right now? Well, there have been certain guys that have underperformed. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, collectively, when you look at it, like for defense, for example, what Patrick Graham's defense is trying to play, what he's trying to do is he's trying to slow down and take away the run. However, you know, you have an incomplete linebacker class, a core, you have incomplete defensive, uh, overall defensive line. And then as well, secondary, they're not capable of playing press man on man coverage like you need for Patrick Graham's system. So as I, as I said a moment ago, it's just you got players who aren't able to implement the systems that are in place. And it shows. Um, and there are guys that are underperforming that are under contract. There's no doubt about it. I, For a long time, I refused to uh, uh, even say uh, number 55's name until he actually showed me something. Then he showed some life uh, and he's come along a little bit. But you know, it's still it's 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 a little uh, not enough and too little too too late. What have been your thoughts of just kind of thinking back on the Colts game? I think that was a game where everybody looked at it. And on paper, you have Jeff Saturday coming in. It looked like the team was in shambles. It looked like they weren't going to have the right guy, a quarterback, when they announced Matt Ryan, who had been benched earlier on in the season. So when you see what happened with the Raiders, what were just kind of your general thoughts of that loss? 
Well, it's pretty much been the same thing on all the losses on underperformance. You know, they they had success. And well, even though the Raiders got off to a slow start in an Indianapolis game, it was what was most surprising. Not so much Jeff Saturday being a coach, because I know Jeff personally is a good guy and I knew he would motivate men. But and more importantly, Jeff, as a coach managing the team, just went out there and he didn't try to cover the offense or cover the defense. He just went out and managed the game. He allowed the coaches that were in place to do their job. But to have a, a geriatric quarterback run in the RPO who gets his longest gain of his career during your game is embarrassing. Um, you, know, you know, for 35 yards, he runs the ball, and, and no one could ever expect that, including myself. Um, but, you know, to see those types of things happen and to see the first quarter where the Raiders' offense, you know, went three and out, three and out over and over uh, and, uh, and over some time. So, um it, Derek Carr was unable to complete a pass in the first quarter. You don't see those types of things. So it was just unexpected things that happened uh, for the Raiders uh, through and through. And that's one of the reasons why they came up short in the end. With Coach McDaniels, you talked about that motivation, that uh, things that Jeff Saturday has been able to do well with his team. With, with Coach McDaniels, I've been kind of looking for that fire to see how he what he uses to motivate his team. What do you think it, I mean, it is that he might be able to do that can rally these guys to get them back into the win column? Well, they got to win first. And that comes from coaching down coaches, coach players play. Um, and, and it's hard to say whether or not he's up from the, what type of motivator um, Josh McDaniels is because I have not had the chance of being in the locker room or being around the guys like he used to be, um, you know, not being able to travel on the team play and stuff like that. So we have, I've had very little exposure to the team and the coaching staff in, in general. But with that being said, um, you know, it, it, they're coaches, coaches are coaches and, and players and always just want to win. They don't care who coaches. You can have the little monopoly man out there coaching. As long as he coaches wins, they don't care. So, but they haven't gotten that point. So right now there's a lot of people in the Raider nation, including you and I, that have probably lost a little bit of faith in this coaching staff because they haven't been able to pull it together. Like I said, sometimes they look great and some other times they look like dunces. And, you know, to me that, that falls not only on the players levels, but also falls on the coaching. Um, and I think everyone has to do a better job in that organization and for them to become winners again. When you look at Derek Carr and the emotion that he showed in his post-game press conference on Sunday, that appeared to some people to be a broken man, a man that has been shattered, that's broken his back, you know, with the water hitting him over and over and over, if you would. Uh, what do you think, you know, is going on with Derek Carr and his mindset in those moments that we saw? I don't mind a quarterback showing emotion. I don't mind a player. It doesn't have to be a quarterback. I don't mind a player sure. showing emotion. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, that that's good. But at the same point, all in all, you need to take a level of accountability. What I would have expected more is if Derek Carr showed that type of emotion, say, you know what, I got to do better. And just just take it on the shoulders. I got to do better. I got to be better. Because that that announces a level of accountability that every player in that locker room should have. And, and when you see your quarterback or your leader do it, um, then, then you should take it upon yourself to want to do it as well. So that level of accountability should be through and through. So you don't you don't go and show emotion and talk about how hard people work and everything else. And then, you know, say some guy's not doing it. Yeah, that's that's not for you to put out there. That's that's not your place. Your place is to do your job and do your job at the best of your ability. And you've got to accept some fault. And so I would appreciate more if my quarterback came out and said, you know what, I got to play better just didn't get it done. And I got to play better and and do it from that. Take it from that standpoint, show the same type of emotion you want to. I got to work harder. I got to do better because that's what the level of accountability that you expect as a professional. 
And on that same day, at about the same time, Devontae Adams is in the locker room giving a very similar interview saying that he has felt that there's some guys that haven't stepped up to a level that I think, you know, he's an elite athlete at, at the at the level that he wants to see. So what is that all telling you when you hear it from Derek, when you hear it from Devontae as well? There's no doubt that we can see it. We see it in performance. There's some guys who aren't taking it seriously. But at the same point, it's not for individuals to call other people out publicly. You see, those types of things need to stay in-house because here's the thing. You never know who you're offending. And you never know how they're going to take it if it gets out. If people pick up the paper or, or people see their name or, or, or hear about you know someone not doing their job. If you don't call them out in the locker room when the locker room is closed, don't call them out publicly. There's nothing I hate more than you have those anonymous contacts. Well, you didn't hear from me, but such and such ain't playing well. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do that. Don't be that person. You know what I mean? So so when it comes down to it, yes, you can sit there and say, well, there aren't there aren't, there aren't guys uh, that aren't doing their job. Don't say it publicly. Say it inside. You know, we know who is in here and it's not doing their job. You need to pick it up. Take responsibility for your actions and your actions first and foremost and alone. You don't need to spread to spread it out anymore. Uh, when you think about just looking ahead now to Denver, this is a place where Mitt Daniels has some familiarity with, you know, things didn't go well there for him. But, you know, it, it, what, do, what do you see? That, I mean, there's a lot of things that I see, but what, what do you think this team can do against a team like Denver that's also kind of limping in, you know, as to, in terms of wins and losses to pull off a win in uh, mile high? Well, Heidi, you can't take anything for granted because the team, this team should have beaten the last four teams that has played and they only beat one of them. Houston Texans. So, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, what you have to think about is that this team has had success against the Broncos in the past. The last two coaching staffs have had success against the Broncos. You can only take that with a grain of salt. This team needs to find within itself what it needs to do to play well and play for four quarters and win a game. They're capable of doing it. They're capable of beating this team. They have another chance that they can win, but they got to go out there and do it. So we can't take anything for granted. We can't take anything for a fact that oh they've done it before they'll be able to do it again you can't do that so this team has to find itself before it tries to worry about beating anyone else I know that as an athlete, you always face different types of levels of adversity. I'm sure, you know, you're very well versed and familiar with all of that, you know, but if you're Derek Carr, if you're Devontae Adams, leaders of this team, Max Crosby, how do you talk to the players going into this one to get them in a different mindset than what we've heard all week in the rhetoric with national media and everybody saying this looks like a broken team? You collectively get and get around them and you say, you, you know, you collect everybody and you say, look, follow me, do what I do play as hard as I play, you know, go out there and do your job at the level that I'm going to do. And you show by example, don't really need to say much. Max Crosby's playing at an all pro level defensive player of the year, no matter how you want to look at it. But you know, you've got, and he's doing that everything he can, but he can't do it alone. He's one of 11 guys out there. Same thing at times with Devonte Adams, as well as uh, Derek Carr. You look, you know, Derek's got to be a leader be in, in a different way because as a quarterback, he has to make better decisions all the time. You know, when he's throwing the ball, there's times where he can, he's trying to force the ball to Devontae Adams and he's well covered. You got to go somewhere else with the football and you got to be mindful of that. So, you know, Derek has to play better. Devontae, you know, at times when, when, you know, fourth down and two this last game, he missed a block on a perimeter that could have got a first down, you know, for Josh Jacobs. So he's got to play better. There's, there's something that everyone can do better, Heidi, that haven't done it on a consistent basis and for four quarters. And the best thing that the leaders in the locker room, whomever they might be, can do is to say, follow me, do as I do, play as hard as I play, and we'll be successful. 
lastly, because, you know, I have to ask this, your offensive lineman, offensive tackle, when you see kind of, it's not really regression, but Colton Miller's had his struggles. Do you think that that's kind of scheming against him this year or the way that he's positioning himself this year? Because I notice he kind of opens up a little bit more than he used to. What has been kind of your assessment first, just so Colton Miller, and then I'll ask you about the O-line. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. You know, and then talking about the O-line just in general, I'm sorry, not Colton Miller, but I would say this. You got to understand the guys on the other side of the ball get paid too. They're good athletes. You're going to get beat. It, 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 it's, it's happened. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how high of a level you are. You're going to get beat. The thing is not to get beat by the same move twice, not to be, get beat often because offensive line are judged on consistency. So that's where it comes down to. Overall, Colton Miller is having a strong season like he has. Yes, he's gotten beat a ton, but everyone does that. But collectively, as the offensive line is, has, you know, sort of floundered through the season so far, collectively they haven't been great because there's been inconsistencies. And a little, for, for what it's worth, the offensive line has been toiling around with uh, position and combinations and stuff like that. The fact is, overall, you're going to have to get a couple offensive linemen to help you out in the future. You're, you're not going to be able to do it with, with this group. And it's unfortunate because we had high expectations of Lester Cotton. We have a high expectations of Jonathan Simpson, uh, John Simpson, and we haven't seen them. You see what I'm saying? Alex Bars is a solid player, but he's he should not be in there. He's not a starter, but he has to be a starter because you don't have anyone else to go to. Dylan Parham's coming along, but he's a young guy. He's a rookie. So you're going to take your lumps, you know? So, I mean, you go across the line and I can, I can speak on each and every one, even the ones sure. that are sitting on the bench, but it, it's not, the fact is that collectively they need to be played. They need to play better. You're going to get beat, but it's, the fact is not to get beat often or the same moves over and over again. Uh, I did say last one. I, I just had to get this one in about Darren Waller. There was an article that came out on the uh, Vegas Nation site that the team is growing frustrated with Darren Waller and his recovery process with the hamstring. You know, to that, I mean, is it it's something that you feel like if, if you look at that and hear that you know, frustration is growing over him, that you know, if you're Darren Waller and you're looking from the outside in, like, what does that do to your mindset? Uh, from Darren's standpoint? Yeah, yeah. Darren's got to get on the field. You got to get on the field. And then, I mean, I, I could care less about his damn feelings. You got to get on the field. You're, you're, you're played, you're paid to play. And we're in a performance-based business. And just like your job, if you don't do your job, you're not going to have it for long, right? You can make every excuse in, your, in the world why you can't do your job. Oh, my voice hurts today, or, you know, I can't, or I don't feel like getting on TV, or, or feel like, no. you can, you can make every excuse in your world for as long as you want to. But if you don't do your job, who will? Someone else will, right? They'll probably get someone else. So that's what it comes down to. It, to me, it doesn't take this long to, to heal a hamstring, but that's just to me. I don't know Darren's body. That's just to me. It doesn't take this long to heal a hamstring. So there might be something else going on. It's not up to me to figure out. If I was in that locker room and I was asked this question yesterday, I think it was or the day before, whatever it was, uh -huh. about uh, about you know players not you know not being in the locker room, not being around. If you don't want to be in the locker room, I don't want you on my team. It's that simple. You don't want to be there, don't be there. I can give a damn how good or how great you are. If you don't want to be there, I need people who are ready to perform and are ready need to go to, are ready to go to war with me. Not someone sitting on the sidelines. Not someone who's sitting in the tub, sitting with a clipboard in their hands. That does nothing for me. I need someone who's ready to go on the field. And if you're not wanting to do that, okay, keep it moving. You know, keep walking. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'll be all right. I'm, I'll find a way to make it without you or I'll get someone else. Lincoln, thank you so much for your time. I know you squeezed me in here in a very busy day for yourself, and I really appreciate all the insight that you've provided here today on the show. Always a pleasure, Heidi, anytime. Let's take a quick break right here. When I come back, we're going to hear from Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, and Josh Jacobs in that order. So stay tuned right here on the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. 
Locals know the SCN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas, so download the SCN Sports app today. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. As promised, I have interviews with Max Crosby, who I'm going to start this off with. And then you're going to hear from Nate Hobbs, who may or may not be able to come back in the coming weeks. We're going to have to evaluate his progress, see how things go. He spoke about that and his recovery, what he's been learning through this time that he's had away off the field. And we also had time to speak with Josh Jacobs about the upcoming matchup with Denver and what the tone of the locker room has been like. So here we go. Let's hit all of those interviews right now. Max, right now the team is going through some adversity and yep. it's not anything new to this team, but uh, what's kind of been like the way that you guys um, as a team are trying to regroup from this and in the locker room and working through it? Yeah, you know, obviously in situations like this, it can be tough, but um, like you said, we've been here before, unfortunately, but um, you really can't look too far into the future. You can't look in the past. You just got to stay present. And that's really all we can do. Um, just stay and take it one, one game at a time, one day at a time, one practice, one workout at a time. That's kind of how you know I approach my life. And I know this team is kind of looking at it from that angle now because you got no other option. Um, we work year round to um, come out here and put the best performance out for the fans and um, you know ourselves and our family. So um, obviously it's hard right now, but um, you, can't, you can't dwell on anything. You just got to keep working. When you guys are going through a practice like today, like what was the message from the coach? I know you can't really kind of talk about exact words or anything, but what's been the message with the coach um, to you guys as players? Um, honestly, it's just not losing enthusiasm. You know, that's at the end of the day, it's we are what we are, but we got to take as you know a clean slate. We're zero and zero this week. Um, we got to go out there and beat Denver. That's that's all that matters, um, and we'll worry about next week when it gets here. So, um, you know, that's kind of. The main message is staying in today, take care of Wednesday, and then when tomorrow gets here, we'll take care of tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's obviously it's easier to say, um, especially as a collective. Um, but, you know, I know I'm preaching that um, to my guys. I always do. And um, I know the leaders are doing the same. So we just got to, you know, keep working and uh, get better. I know probably if you could clone yourself, you would try to, just because of the seven sacks you've had on the season and the way that you get around the field and, you know, you try to make effort on every play. Um, I remember there was one up against the back of the end zone. You know, I think Jonathan Taylor is trying to get in. You came from like across the field. Just like, how have you tried to help along some of the other players to, you know, um, maybe even like get there, you know, when you can't or just, you know, how do you kind of guys go together as a group? <laughs> um, honestly, I just, I just try to lead by example every day. Um, 
you know, when you got guys like Nate, Nate Hobbs and, and these Nate young guys, you know, back. you got to. Nate wants to get back. Exactly. He's he's trying to get back, you know, but, um, you know, I just try to inspire my guys and that's that's all I, all I can do. You know, um, at the end of the day, um, your film, your work ethic, your attitude, you know, that's what people look up to. That's what people see. That's what people see every day. So um, if I could bring some guys along with me, that's that's all that matters. You know, I think guys are trying to do right um, and there's always more to do. So uh, and, and that's for me as well. So I just got to keep, uh, you know, keep doing that, uh, keep inspiring and, and keep, uh, you know, pulling the guys with me. I know there's been a lot of team captain meetings right this season and obviously Derek got pretty emotional following the last loss, Devontae as well. Devontae said something, though, that kind of stood out. He just said he felt like not enough guys were bought in. Are you sensing that as well? And, and kind of like, how do you, I mean, you can't make somebody buy into the system, right? Yeah, you know, at, you know, it's, it's tough to say. You know, you can't, at the, at the end of the day, you, everyone's a professional. Everyone comes here um, to better themselves, better their careers. Um, and continue improving. I'm good. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, you know, you really can't. It, it's hard to say. I can't say if I, if somebody else is fully bought in or not. Um, you know, that's internal. And uh, I know for a fact. You know, I come in here with the right attitude. I try to at least every single day. Um, and and you would hope everybody else is doing the same. And I, I believe we have the right guys in the locker room, uh, 100%. You know, uh, I don't think it's a matter of us not playing hard. I think just people got to continue to focus on the details, um, get better at their assignments, get better at their jobs. And that starts with me, that starts with the leaders as well. Everyone's got to hold that standard up. Um, you can't point fingers, you can't say, well, these, you know, we're not, these guys aren't doing enough. You know, it's just, we got to pull everyone up um, and, and get to that standard. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. I, I know you had tweeted out after the game that, you know, Raider Nation deserves better. And I don't know if you heard it, that they were booing, you know, at some point. How bad does that hurt? Yeah, it sucks. You know, obviously I've, when I was a kid, I was a super fan. So like, I when I grew up in Michigan, the I treated the Lions like that was life or death for me. I, I made my dad drive me to Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm like, we're watching the game. We got to be there. So like, I understand it, um, and I and I feel for them because I know, you know, obviously a lot of people had high expectations and things like that. And, and Raider fans are the most loyal fans in the world. So um, you want to put a great product out there every time you play. So yeah, I feel for them 100%. Um, it's not it's not easy. Um, Obviously, you know, we want to do better, um, but it's a process and we just got to trust it and keep working. What are your thoughts on Jerry Tillery coming and joining the team? Um, you know, obviously, I, I, me and Jerry, we got to, you know, we, we're from the same agency. We train together at Exos together. So I've known Jerry for years now and um, he's a great dude, um, has a ton of tools. He's obviously a physical freak of nature. So um, if he'd come in here with the right attitude and, and help us win, you know, that's all you can ask for. How, how much does he help you do your job? You know, I, I talk about it all the time, four equals one. You know, the D-line, it can't just be one guy. It can't be, just be two guys. Uh, it's got to be all four and some. So, um, yeah, you know, if Jerry can come in, uh, which I believe he will, and, and help us uh, get to that, uh, that'll be huge for our team. Were you able to catch up with Yannick on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he called me after the game, and I was getting in my car, and he was getting on the bus. So he's like, look across. I'm right here. So <laughs> I, got, I got to talk to him and uh, DeForest Buckner. All the, they're all yeah. good buddies of mine. So... Brandon face on too, so um, it was great seeing all those guys. Coach Gus as well. Um, you know, I love those guys to death. So it was it was really cool. Well, Nate, how are you feeling about your recovery right now? How's the process going? Uh, it's been it's it's been long, definitely for me. But I've got to see things from a different perspective, and um, hopefully soon here I'll be getting this cast off and 
just be able to work out with the team and, you know, get back, get back acclimated. What kind of things have you been picking up from on the sideline that have been helping you along in growth as a player? I just get to see things from a different perspective, honestly, because I never, I've never been hurt during the season, like in all my years of playing football. So I've, with this this time, it's been different for me. So I've got to see it from a different perspective from the sideline, and I get to see like you know what I'm saying how offenses really think, how they how they want to attack us and. The same plays that reoccur just in a different formation. Things you don't get to see when you on the field. As a competitor, has it been hard for you to kind of want to get in there, contribute with the team when you're watching it go through this streak that three games haven't been lost and all? Yeah, uh, of course. It's super hard. I do, of course, want to get out there and help my teammates. You know what I'm saying? Anytime you uh, able, you feel able-bodied, you know what I'm saying? My legs work, my, my arms work, it's just my hands. So anytime you feel able-bodied and you know what I'm saying? You want to go help your teammates. It, it always gives you an itching feeling to get back out there. But I just got to trust the process right now. I had asked Josh McDaniels about just your availability, how the process has been going. He said he wasn't sure if you'd be able to go this week. How are you feeling? How close are you feeling? Um, we, we shall see on Sunday. <laughs> so on top of all of that, if you were to get out there, I mean, this is a divisional game. You know, how important is that to you right now, even given the team's record, to come away looking like you guys can compete in a divisional game like this one? Um, of course, like I said, as a competitor, it's very important to me. If I was to be able to, you know what I'm saying, given the chance to play, I would, I would want to play. But um, I just got to trust what's going on, really trust God. That's what I trust and control the things I can control. Even though obviously you want to be out there on the field, has there been any you know positive things that you can kind of take away from your absence that you've been able to look at and kind of reflect on? Yeah, like again, like I was telling them, uh, I just get a different perspective from the sideline because in the game, everything's happening really, really fast. And sometimes the coach is telling you stuff, you try to listen to him, then again, go back in the game, concentrate, 100,000 people, you know what I'm saying? Just doing whatever. But from the sideline, I can see a different perspective. You know what I'm saying? Things slow down a lot more, so I just, I'm thankful for that. What do you think right now the pulse of this team is? When you hear like Devontae talking and Derek talking and they've kind of you know, shown some emotion in this past week, you know, what do you feel like the, the temperament of the team is right now? Um, I feel like, honestly, we got a lot of good guys in this locker room, a lot of headstrong guys, and a lot of leaders, you know what I'm saying, who not always lead by their, their mouth, they lead by example. So I think the biggest message that we had coming in is trust the process. Even though things are not working out right now, this is a life lesson. Like, you're going to go through things in life like this where you just feel like whatever you do, you losing, you losing, but you're doing the right things, you're just losing. And it turns out to be a lesson more than a loss, you know what I'm saying? Cause if you take that lesson and apply it, you know what I'm saying, it'll work out for you. So I think we're just learning a lot of lessons right now. Thank you, Nick. Josh, uh, Derek had mentioned that some things need to be said. And as a leader yourself, do you agree with that? Um, Amongst the players, you know? Yeah, I mean, I said a lot Sunday. Uh, I feel like it needed to be said. I mean, I feel like I'm always uh, a vocal, especially, you know, on the sidelines and in the, in the moments. Um, because, you know, I, I know what we're capable of. Um, and, you know, I try to hold myself to that standard, so I also try to hold the guys to that standard. Um, so, man, uh, yeah, definitely definitely some things things were said. I mean, not just – I don't need all the details, but are we talking about, like, showing up to work every day, 
being intent no, about. Man, I'm, I think we had a, the best week of practice we we've had all year yet last week. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's not necessarily that. It's um you know when you when you fight adversity, when adversity hits, when when a team you know you hitting them and they hit you back, how do you respond to that? Um, I think that's the thing that we need to work on right now. How do you start that process with the team? Like, is it just talking? Is it open conversation? How do you begin that process? For me. It's whenever it is, you know, sometimes we could be eating and, and talking about things. We could be on the sideline talking about it. But at the end of the day, like I said, I, I hold myself to a certain standard. So I feel like when I come in and, and I talk to the guys, they respect it. They know it's not it's not personal. You know, I'm not I'm not attacking you. Um, and I, I try to uplift the guys anyways. But I feel like sometimes, you know, somebody got to be the one to, you know, tell the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. Um, but at the end of the day, I love all the guys, um, and, I, and I feel like I got a lot of respect for the guys, and I feel like they got the respect for me, too. When you see things like Derek, Devontae really openly showing their emotions, you know, in, yeah. the, in the post game, like, how does that affect you as a player? <sighs> yeah, so, man, you know, they was on that. I feel like I'm like that after every loss, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> me personally, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, not necessarily, like, you know, uh, uh, to tears with it, but but to the point where I'm like, I'm sitting in my locker after the game and I'm kind of like the last one out, you know, like just thinking of replaying things in my head um, and, you know, really about things that I could have done better, you know, like I think about it this year, all the games we had, I don't think I've had a perfect game yet, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I you know, football is an imperfect sport, but at the same time, I kind of hold myself to that standard. So that's what I just try to lead by example each day um, and, you know, hopefully the guys respect it. Going into Denver, of course, this is a divisional game. How much more weight is there on this game, given that tone of the locker room and the three games that lost in the past you know, stretch that you guys have had here? Man, I feel like, for me, anyways, you know, each week is, is definitely big. I mean, I, I take every game the same way, whether it's divisional or not. Um, obviously, the, the divisional ones is a little bit more like must win. Uh, but, man, I mean, I tell these guys all the time, you know, I come in with an attitude of like it's, it's, it's us against you, you know, like and I feel like I kind of show that when I play um, and I try to, you know, rally the guys around that, that type of emotion and that type of, you know, attention to detail and, and, and things like that. Um, so, man, it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be interesting. I, like I said, I, I see it in a lot of these guys faces after the game and, you know, I see that a lot of guys, they care, you know, and, and I feel like that's over half of the battle. Um, now it's just about coming in and executing. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed that. If you did, go ahead, hit subscribe wherever you are listening. Also, remember to give us all a follow at Vegas Nation on Twitter. A lot of those interviews you heard featured some of my colleagues, Vinny Bonsignor, Cassie Soto, Adam Hill, all joining in on those interviews as well and asking some great questions. So uh, check them all out with everything that we do on VegasNation.com. That'll do it for this episode. I'll be back next week. Vegas. Get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today.